Kia ora, and welcome to Kotamu Tamu Waitangi Takeaways, Stuff's summary of today's kōrero from Waitangi. I'm Taurapa, Te Ao Māori Advisor and Te Reo Māori Translator at Stuff. I'm joined by senior Pōtiaki reporter Joel Maxwell. Kia ora, Joel. Uh, kia ora, he mihi mahana, kia koutou, e whakarunga mai ana. Kia ora. We're on the ground in beautiful Waitangi, and we've been out and about all day. Over the next 15 to 20 minutes, we'll analyse the key talking points and explain what they mean for Tao Māori. Are you ready, Joel? Okay, te rite e I'm ready to go. Awesome, let's go. Kia ora, Joel. Kia ora. We're here at the beautiful Copthorne Hotel next door to the Treaty uh, of Waitangi grounds, overlooking the bay to Kororareka. How are you feeling today? Oh, I love that you uh, called it Kororareka instead of uh, Russell. It's a slightly inferior um, name that it was given. Yeah, well, I mean, there's quite a few people pushing for that at the moment, aren't they? To reinstate Kororareka as the proper name for Russell. Yeah, and it's it's a beautiful view here too. I think somewhere near us is um, the Kurawai or Maikuku, which is the whare for the, uh, for the waka here. That's right, the Ngātoki Matawharua, which will be out later on in the week for the celebrations. But before we go too much further, welcome to Ko Tamutamu, everybody. Uh, and for those of you who don't know the name Ko Tamutamu, uh, it's a bit of a play on words. It means to, uh, to nibble, to, to have a, a taste of something. And so the idea of this podcast is to give you guys a bit of a flavour of Waitangi uh, and a wrap-up of the day's events. Yeah, and I mean, I'm just really glad to be here, actually, um, Taurapa, because we had, it's, it's a long road to Waitangi each year, and it's, it was a literally a long road for us yesterday. Um, and we got a little insight, too, into, into how things are a little different here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, because uh, our last leg of our flight up here was was in a little de Havilland plane, which is like a cigar tube with wings, um, hot, sweating. There was a woman next to me who'd just flown 20 hours from Nicaragua into New Zealand. And so, um, and on board, too, was the Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins, the new Prime Minister. The new Prime Minister, you were right. And such a classic New Zealand moment you can have a random person sitting behind, uh, beside the Prime Minister. And I was fortunate enough to be one seat away from him um, and didn't get any chance to have a court at all with him. He slept most of the time, but kete pai tēnā. Um, the unfortunate thing was our flight got turned around from Kitty Kitty back to Auckland. Yeah, I don't want to beat this up, but it was an aborted landing. We just kept going down and down and down. The clouds sort of turned into fog and I was, I was starting to freak out a little bit, um, but gun the engine and took back up. We had another go at it. And I was thinking, wow, I'm on board a plane with, you know, which is having multiple aborted landings with the prime minister on board. And I was thinking, poor pilot. This guy's thinking, oh my God, I can't muff this up because I've got the PM back there. Better not crash. Good so, thing was uh, we requested priority landing and apparently air traffic control wouldn't give it to us. Then we mentioned, actually, we've got the PM on board. They're like, oh, you can land straight away. <laughs> so, you know, there are perks. There are perks to travelling in such a small plane. You're up close to him. Did he Did he freak out? Was he sweating a bit no, on it? No, completely calm the whole time. <sighs> well, that's good. good, I guess. But we got here in the end, yeah. put on a bus, got to Waitangi, and we're feeling nice and refreshed this morning. So we're all good to go. Yes, and uh, our first sort of venture out today was to the um, the National Iwi Chairs Forum uh, meet who we held today and it started with a porphyry. I guess it's a porphyry? I would call it probably a whakatau more yeah. than anything. Um, it was definitely a formal welcome. Yeah. Uh, and it was amazing to see so many people turn up uh, from, from the the government side, Te Kawanatanga. Hey, Kanohi mo Te Kawanatanga, right? Yeah. They're being faces for the government. Aye. And we had Penny Henare stand up 
and he he mentioned the fact that we've got so many more people this year representing the government than we have in in years gone by. Yeah, he tohu tera pia, um, a sign that perhaps the government's keen to um, to listen to the um, to the forum, and that's certainly what they said after the meeting. But there's a few interesting things said there. Obviously, there was that one where they're trying to show face, so to speak, at the um, and listen. I suspect they were, they were told turn up because there's a lot of uh, upper management from ministries, etc. They were told to turn up and just listen to what's what these people have to say. And uh, and obviously there was mention too of Tetifai Harawera from the uh, the Tangata Fenua side. Mm, that's right. We had Rani Rakaio on the Tangata Fenua uh, side speak, and he did mention Tetifai. And uh, I thought it was it was quite touching actually because obviously she's passed away very recently. Um, she's at the forefront of a lot of people's whakaro at the moment. And it was a nice touch to, to mention Titefai. He said, Hoki wairua mai, uh, come back in spirit. And then Whakahoki mai to wairua poro too, bring back your, your protesting spirit into the room. Um, and everyone had a wee chuckle at that. So that was a nice way to sort of lighten the mood, which, which could be quite an awkward sort of, uh, there was quite a few tension, um, quite a lot of high tensions in the, in the room. Yeah, there was. I mean, it's just. You know, Waitangi brings with it uh, a lot of tensions. And I think that we, we weren't privy to the conversations, what was said during the actual hui, but um, uh, it was afterwards that uh, Prime Minister Hipkins came out and, and did a stand-up, and he, he started talking about a few different things there. And, and I think the thing that struck me first was that he said, the former told him, they were keen to avoid... Māori being basically, uh, you know, used as a as a divisive uh, racial tool in the upcoming elections and in, in general. Um, so he's, it seems like he got the message. What did you make of what he said there? Yeah, he he was quite quick to point out that uh, co-governance, the confusion, especially around co-governance, has been used by the opposition, by National and ACT, um, as he mentioned, to stoke fear into people. Um, and it's, it's, it's a scare tactic to, to essentially stop people from wanting co-governance. Yeah. And I mean, this whole issue, let's talk about co-governance. Um, I think it's potentially an issue that uh, Chris Hipkins has identified as, as, a, as a problem for them, a weak point as they come up to the elections. And, and to my way of thinking, it, it kind of erupted inside their three waters reform that, they, um, that they've been working through and that you know, inside that, which is a reform, a centralisation of, you know, management of things like waste, um, drinking and stormwater. There's councils around the country that have been able to maintain their infrastructure for that. It's mouldering. There's unfortunately poos on the street in places like Wellington and Porneke. So it seemed like a good idea to centralise that and, and cheaply fund uh, improvements, replacements and maintenance of our entire infrastructure. But inside that, there was decided to be at a regional level a kind of uh, co-governance, if you will, where mana whenua of each of the four regions got to be part of the representative group. And, and th that was seen as a soft point, I suspect, by other parties. It's something that's racked up a lot of people in Aotearoa, and it's been used like that. So, I mean, that's where it started. But then we have Chris Hipkins come out today and, and potentially you know, suggest that maybe the best way around it is to just give it a new name. It was interesting, yeah, he did throw out that new name, Mahitahi, uh, instead of co-governance, but he was very clear 
that he's not going to be using mahitahi to replace co-governance. I think he just wants to give it another name for people to, just another name for people to use, really. What do you make of that name uh, in terms, what does it mean to you, Irodoi te reo Māori? What does it mean? Mahitahi really means to work together, doesn't yeah. it? So it's, it's probably a, a nicer, more calm version of co-governance. Doesn't uh, perhaps stoke as much fear as, as the Prime Minister mentioned. Uh, and it might be an easier way to, to convince the public, the general public, that it's a, a good idea to move forward with this sort of idea. There were a few questions for members of the uh, forum afterwards as well, and one of them was whether they, they were disappointed about what was seen as a potential demotion of some of the members of the um, Māori members of Chris Hipkins' cabinet and his recent um, shuffle, reshuffle of the, of the positions there. And it was just interesting to note that they, they were keen to keep out of that, but the likes of Penny Henare, um, who was there today, um, were essentially demoted. He was bumped down the cabinet rankings and lost defence and got, I think, ACC in return for that. Um, but it was, must have been tough for him to stand at the porphyry, at the, at the mihi whakatau, and, and speak for his boss, who has just you know, maybe chucked him a little bit under the bus. Yeah, I can imagine he, he's probably not feeling the, the happiest about that decision. Um, but you must admit that there is quite a bit of mana in being asked to stand at a, at a whakatau like this, despite what may have happened you know, a week prior. You, you do have to feel a bit of, uh, a bit of mana, a bit whakahihi maybe, and, and just have a bit of pride in the fact that you know, the Prime Minister clearly trusts uh, your ability to speak and he, he's counting on you to, to effectively be the, the māngai, be the face of, of, the, of the party at, at such an important kaupapa. Um, he, he must have a bit of mana doing that, don't you think? Yeah, he, he does. And it also brings up another subject we haven't really, we've discussed a little bit before we've actually come on to record this. And that is the idea that when will, be there, when will there be a time when the likes of Chris Hipkins can stand and speak for himself in this context for the Fai Kōrero? And we've discussed a few ideas about that. What, you've had a great suggestion. Well, I think if anybody... Uh, how amazing, first off, how amazing would it be if we could have a Prime Minister stand up and do a fai kōrero on the marae at Waitangi at a hui like the National Iwi Chairs Forum? How amazing would it be to have a Prime Minister who could stand up and speak completely in te reo Māori without cue cards? Yeah, and we've, uh, we've seen Andrew Little do that a few years ago and we've discussed this and I gave him a little stick because to my, <laughs> to my ears it sounded a little rough but um, as I've said to you, you know, that is potentially not the gold standard, but that is the standard we'd like to see from our politicians. Somebody can get up and speak in te reo Māori for an entire speech, make sense, they've committed it to memory, they're not reading off notes in this incredibly difficult, challenging and beautiful environment that is the fly corridor at the beginning of forfeiting. Absolutely. And I mean, he wasn't prime minister, but he was standing on behalf of the prime minister, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, because as we know, wahine aren't allowed to speak on the on the taumata, um, and that's quite a contentious kaupapa. We've, we've seen, you know, Titefai in the past sit Helen Clark down and, and bring her to tears because she wasn't allowed to speak on the taumata. Yeah. Um, but if we could have a, a prime minister at one point who can stand and speak and, you know, tu tangata, tu tokamwana, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I think in order to do that, though, they need to start preparing now.
So for Waitangi 2024, if someone is, is hoping to stand on the taumata, they need to start putting in that mahi right now, yeah. um, at least a year out in preparation, because it does take a lot of work, doesn't it? To, to get up to a, a point where you are fluent enough and you're comfortable enough, um, despite where you might be on your real journey, to stand up in front of all these people who know exactly what you're talking about. It's very different speaking te reo Māori in front of a group of Māori compared to a group of non-Māori speakers. Um, there's a lot more pressure on you to get things right. And I think Andrew Little showed it great a couple of years ago when he was able to stand confidently with very few hapa. Um, and, and I think you're right, he is the standard for how politicians um, ought to stand at kaupapa like Waitangi. Yeah, and I mean, it might be that they, that they do stand and do that. We, we haven't had the uh, parliamentary ball for the yet, but um, if Chris Hipkins or Chris Luxon, Christopher Luxon, I should say, uh, stand next year, and you're, if you're advising them, what would they have to do when you say they need to start now? If they're not already getting te reo Māori lessons, I think they, they ought, to, ought to make um, that a goal. Yeah. Um, it's really important to have frequent practice rather than try to cram it all in a month or so before. Um, I get that they have very busy schedules and it's, it's not always possible to throw something new in like this. But if it's something that they're serious about, then I think they need to show that they're serious about it. And this is one way that they could do it by, by being consistent with their, with their real Māori journey. Yeah, and if we look at the kaupapa of this day, of, of Waitangi Day, which is you know a celebration of this union of these two people, then uh, it's being it's all about being of the people. And you know, like we saw with Chris Chris Hipkins in the plane, you know, he's flying on a tiny plane. In the US, they have you they have you know Air Force One. Um, this was like Air Force Two Hundred. It's a number of steps down. It's a tiny plane, and we just fly with our everyday people here in New Zealand. And I think it's only natural that our leaders should go out and learn our our language as well, one of our official languages. So that'd be great. And they need to start now, I agreed. And I think maybe the Prime Minister has actually begun that, given that he's given a new name, Mahitahi, yeah. to co-governance. So <laughs> yeah. maybe he's he's practising something in private and we haven't seen it yet. So I can't wait to see what the parliamentary pōhiri uh, brings us. Yeah. And there was one other thing too that came up out of that when um, Tukuroirangi Morgan spoke about what he thought co-governance meant, or Mahitahi, I should say, or whatever you want to call it. And he gave quite a, a beautiful uh, suggestion for the kaupapa, I roto i te reo Māori. Um, he did, you're right. He, he actually said uh, to media, me mahitahi, kaua angutu, engari a wairua hoki, which means we, we should work together, we should co-govern, not just verbally. Not just but we need service. Exactly, we need to actually talk the talk and walk the walk, don't we? Our way to a hockey. We need to bring our genuine spirit of wanting to work together to the kaupapa for it to actually succeed. And I think that's a beautiful place for us maybe to wrap up today. And it's, it's the start of our journey here at Waitangi. Absolutely. And I can't wait to see what happens in the days ahead. Kia ora oh, You've been listening to Ko Tamu Tamu Waitangi Takeaways. Stuff summary of today's kōrero from Waitangi. I'm Taurapa, and I've been talking with Joel Maxwell. Tēnā rawa atu koe, Joel. Ah, uh, mihi nunui rawa ki a koe Many thanks. We'll be back with another wrap tomorrow. Keep an eye out on the Stuff homepage from about 4pm. In the meantime, thanks to our producer Chris Reed, Potiaki reporter Katie Doyle, and the rest of the Stuff audio production team. 
Prepare for an unfiltered journey through the harsh realities of infertility. My name's Nadine Higgins. I'm a broadcaster, a journalist, and I've been trying to make a baby with my husband. That's me. I'm Dan. And we reckon infertility is lonely enough without making it a dirty little secret. In the human race with Dan and Nadine Higgins, we share raw and unvarnished stories of couples who have faced the brutal truth of infertility. Unless you've been in it, it's, it's really tough and really lonely. Yeah, and also, this is really weird, but baby showers, you don't need to open the presents in front of everyone. Confronting the harsh reality that not every story has a happy ending. This very blunt, abrasive doctor who I had, you know, had not seen before, who delivered the news, just like, you'll probably never have a natural period again and you'll probably never have a baby. The human race, where we share the untold stories of couples in the race of their lives to create a life. I feel like I nearly missed out and I got to do it. And so I feel really lucky. So it's been incredibly positive. Listen today at stuff.co.nz slash the human race or wherever you get your podcasts. The Human Race is proudly brought to you by Elevate.